Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. On this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about cat calves, bees, and we have part three of our interview with Majida Birch from Big Smile Collective. Welcome one and all to episode 252 of The Kindness Project. I'm joined by one more person than I normally am, um, and she's wearing a little green bee. I think we have the same beanie. It's just in different colours. Oh, that's cool. Um, and Where's her beanies, Russ? <laughs> Russ doesn't need a beanie. He's got, beanie. he's got a hot head. All right, go see us. That, that'll serve as Russell's introduction. Russell's got a hot head. <laughs> um, recurring listeners of the show will know such a fact. Uh, about our, our dear producer Russ and his hot head. <laughs> so faced is telling everything. Um, and we're also joined by Chris James, who doesn't have a hot head, but also doesn't have a beanie. I've got a beanie. I mean, I, I, I do, I've got a beanie now, because Sophie is, as we speak, <laughs> I mean, that's a look. This this is the thing, right? Podcast listeners won't be able to see the fact that I've now got a, a green beanie on my head. But I know, because we're recording this on Zoom, that Charlotte's already screenshotting it and we'll be sharing it with all her friends. I was about to say exactly the same thing. No, I don't, I don't share these with people, mostly. No, you just keep them for your own, own amusement, yeah? Yeah. Um, we better have the green screen behind I'll be on wallpaper yeah. when we recall next time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, really. Just just a zoom in of me with a green beanie on and will be will be what we're what we're looking at. <laughs> so chaps, how are we tonight? I mean, can we just uh oh sorry, I'm joined by a girl who decided to rock up forty minutes after we were meant to be recording because she wanted a little lay in. <laughs> it's Charlotte Dames. It wasn't like I wanted to lay in. I just wasn't awake. Um, we didn't have the uni. <laughs> she's, she's already done it. She's already got the green beanie background on her on her head. Um, just just out of interest, Charlotte. I mean, because Russ and I didn't yeah. have the university student yeah. life yeah. that you have. Just talk me through your routine as a student. Um, well, it's assessment week. Okay. So I've got three assessments due, and a fourth and coming down the Not going to bed till two in the morning. Yeah, because I've got a history assignment due on Halloween at four p.m. When do you do your best work? Two in the morning, then, or what? Strangely, yeah. Oh, that that is right, though. I get most of my work done after working hours. Yeah. But what's your routine, Raz? I, I, I usually I'm usually in bed by I'm usually in bed by ten, right? And then up at up at four or five. Yeah, you're a really uh, early riser, aren't you? I get most of my stuff done before I start work. Okay. So like, if I'm sending any emails or or that, like uh, for the HMB and stuff, that they go out at seven eight o'clock. Yeah, I mean, you do schedule them though, don't you? So they no. don't go out. <laughs> so is there, is there, has there been anybody who's had an email at like on our three in the morning? No. So I get up specifically early, 
Mm. So that I can get the emails out same time each cycle. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, what time do you send your emails, Dave? 12. 12. Per, in, uh, 12. 12 at night. What, midnight? Yeah. That's, that's a technique, isn't it? Sending all your emails at midnight. To be by the next day, they're fired. <laughs> so, I send it to them at 11.59. Yeah. And uh, if they don't get back to me by the next day, they're fired. So what, what do you mean the next day? Like, are you talking about 12.01? Yeah. What happens if they're sleeping? You shouldn't be. Harsh. Unless she knows she's going to get older, Charlotte. Who sleeps in this day and age? You are going to get older me at that time, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Who sleeps in this economy? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) In this economy, who's sleeping? No one. one Nobody. Sleeping in this economy. In this this economy, nobody's allowed to sleep, apparently, according to Sophie. Ten years old. (laughs) She's like the Alan Sugar in this house. Um... (laughs) Us in this economy, we're not allowed to sleep, all right? Just so we're clear. I'll bear that in mind. Just, just so we're clear. <laughs> <laughs> this economy of sleeping. Where else have we been up to, Jets? Uh, chilling. No, not chilling. Um, that's just the, infle- the reflective word I say when people ask. Just so if if it's not the actual word, what's the actual word? Um, I've been getting some stuff done. I've been exploring Glasgow a little bit. Oh, tell us about your exploration oh, yeah. of Glasgow. Glasgow. Oh, did I tell you guys I went to a cat cafe? No. Oh, fabulous! Is that where? Yes, you did. Where they take their cats? No, well, they've they've got a bunch of rescue cats in the cafe. Oh, superb! Um, that you can go and just like sit and pet. And I took Dad to one before, and he really wasn't a fan. No, we went to one in Tokyo, um, and I tried to get into it, Russ. And um, basically, I walked up to this cat and went. Eh, kitty, kitty, eh, kitty, kitty. And, it, and again, I know this is an audio podcast, but just for the benefits of everybody on the Zoom, it went like this. And it made that noise. It probably has millions of people wandering through there, stroking it. Well, I mean, surely that's the point. The point is you're meant to be... Um, you're meant to be in a position where you're stroke ball if you're in a oh, cafe. Not necessarily. You can't be happy all the time, can you? No, but this cat was not happy any of the time. How many times did you visit? Once. Exactly. I'm so, not coming back. I've just been scrooged <laughs> at by a cat. So you don't know whether the cat was just having a bad day? Well, it is. Sorry, would you like me to give the? Would you like me in my trip to Japan to visit the cat cafe yes. every day for five days just to see the cat whether the cat well, is a good mover or not? What you could do is look up the number for the cat cafe. Right. Phone up and ask. <laughs> what well, phone up and ask every single day whether the cat's in a good mover. Remember the name of the cat. I didn't ask its name after it was screeched to me. <laughs> What am I meant to? Hey, 
What's your maybe name? It saying, maybe it was saying hello in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was saying hello. All of the cats really didn't like him. It was funny. No, I, I, I cat cafes are um, not a great idea in my opinion. Give me a I... dog. Give me a dog cafe any day of the week. Dog cafe I can live with. Yeah, but the dogs would eat the food, wouldn't they? All, all animals eat the food. No, but the cats are less likely to. Yeah. Anyway, so so I I am not convinced by the Japanese. Did it, Charlotte? Did cat cafes start in Japan? I think so. I'm not certain. Yeah, don't know. Um, okay, cool. Right, so what else have we got going on in our world then, chaps? Um, I'm going out today. Right. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Out, out, out. How's Mug of the Week going? Not great. I ran out of mugs. Oh. You've ran out of mugs and mug of the week. So what yeah. are you going to do? Let's go and source some more I'm mugs. Gonna, I'm going to get some more mugs. I'm going to pop a couple of posts on HMB about that. Right. So we hopefully we'll get you some, some mugs of the week. That would be good. Yeah, we'll get you some mugs. Yeah. And what's your article been about this week on charlottedames.com? If I remember correctly, bees. bees. I haven't looked this week, so... Uh, yeah, if I remember correctly, it was feral European honeybees. Okay, and what about them? The how they got to Australia because Australia doesn't have any native honeybees. Oh, cool. Yeah, and there it does. How did they get? Wait, how old do how long the bees take to become native? They, they, they don't originate from there. They've been there since like eighteen twenty-two. Yeah, but I. I suppose like the word native, what how long does it take for anything to become native? Because like, surely you start as a migrant and then you become native, don't you? So how long does that process take? You have to be born there to you have to be born there to be native, don't you? Yeah, but if 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 the bees have been like if they've gone through a cycle of generation. There'll never be a native. Yeah. That's how animal species work. Yeah, they'll they never, never be native. native. Yeah, but if their kids have been born there, then they're surely the, the kids oh, are native, aren't they? It's not like human. It doesn't work the same way. How does it work? It's where the species yeah. originates rather than yeah. where the species originate from. Ah, okay. Fair enough. And so... these bees originated in England, not Australia. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. We're quite, we, we've got a lot of bees in England, haven't we? Is yeah. it true that bees are dying out, though? Yeah. Yeah. Not the feral Australian uh, European honeybee, though, because they're killing owls. You know what place I don't want to go to? <laughs> I, I, sorry? Say that again? Not the feral European honeybees in Australia, because they're killing owls and I've other just animals. This, I've just got this image of a hundred bees are taking an owl, but I doubt yeah, it no, works no, that no, 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 no. It's a swarm either surrounding the head and suffocating it or singing it so much it can't breathe. Sorry, yeah. did somebody not tell me this was the Halloween scary version of the Kindness Project? Christ, when do, this will, yeah, this will where do they attack owls specifically? No, not owls specifically. 
any large creature or even small creatures oh, that it's... try and enter their uh, yeah. It's their like territory. the African wise base. Yeah. Do you remember, do you remember that time you poked a wasp's face. nest, Russ, and they, they chased you home? Do you remember that time? I wish you were still wearing your beanie, you know. <laughs> Raz once decided it'd be really fun idea. I think he was about Sophie's age to poke a wasp I nest. I wasn't. I was about how old is Sophie? Twenty-seven. You were to poke a to poke that a was wasp. Last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last week you did it <laughs> to, to poke a wasp's nest. With a big stick, just to no, see what happened. That's not what happened. Go on. Tell there us the story. A, where we lived, there was a big field. In the ground, somebody had already poked a stick in. All right. I wanted the stick, so I pulled it out, <laughs> not realising that after being, uh, after wasp population of uh, Canning Town... <laughs> Who's gonna chase me across the field? Why, why would you? Why wouldn't you just find another stick? Because that one was sticking out. It was too. No, funny. no. There's a reason that it was holding the wasp in. How was I to know that? Because it was a wasp's nest. <laughs> Sorry, is this just me, Charlotte? Sophie. Let's go Hi. back to cat caps. <laughs> Kamikaze pilots, <laughs> stick-based wasp-loving lion-adoring kamikaze pilots of life. Unbelievable! I would pull a stick out on the wall and then I'd shove it up the lion's nose. <laughs> yes, yes, I like that plan. And then pull it out, and then the lion would start sobbing. What, what I'd like to know is that what, what made that stick so good that you were. But you were prepared to get stung. Right, I didn't know there was a wasp nest there. Did the wasps flying around? The fact there was away. a couple of wasps might have given it away, but I didn't think about it. Oh, that's that's uh, that's you know, uh, what's the what's the phrase about how you can't draw conclusions from a set of. Not very smart. 
Clearly, you don't know. Charlotte, Oddly enough, so. that, correlation that is not causation. Ah, yes, correlation is not Just, causation. Uh, the true. couple wasps doesn't necessarily conclude there's going to be a wasp nest. No, that, but that was correlation and causation, wasn't it? Because there was it a wasp. Just before. happened to be causation. No, 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 it, no. It was causation. If you hear some loud buzzing and a few wasps flying around, and there's a stick. With a big sign on it saying, do not pull out because there's a wasp nest. That wasn't the funniest bit, though. Go on. I running. I was running. As they were stinging me, I was jumping. <laughs> I'm running and jumping all the way across the field. I must have looked <laughs> right side. <laughs> you did. Um, on that note, let's move on to Charlotte. you ready? Um, yes. Kindness news. Uh, Kindness news. Uh, we've got two of the independent. The independent did a um, article the other day talking about the most inspirational, uh, inspirational people and highlighting the amazing work they're doing in their lives and communities. We've been over the past few weeks sharing some of those inspirational people, uh, and I'm going to give Charlotte a choice. So you're first, Charlotte. Would you like to talk about Gillian Gaunt or Louise Golden? Right, I'll go with Gillian then, shall I? Selfless, determined and kind is how Gillian is described by one of those who nominated her. She really does put smiles on the faces of the people who experience severe disadvantage. Gillian runs the St. Giles Pantry Service in Leeds, where subscribers pay a weekly subscription of £3.50, and in return are able to access affordable, nutritious food, as well as support and advice to help them move towards independence. The service aims to empower people to overcome barriers in order to break them from the cycle of poverty. Poverty. Gillian, amazing work. Well done on that. Well done. Um, fantastic. You happy with that? I mean, genuinely, particularly when the cost of living is going up. Yeah. Po- um, poverty is it is an issue for a lot more of us now. And I think the more we can do and the more services um that are out there to, to pr- provide that the better i mean you can argue that actually those services shouldn't be there because in a relatively wealthy um economy we should be doing more to support people but the fact that people are kind enough to actually yeah. say look there's a gap here and i'm going to fill it it's really important what do we think yeah i definitely think it's important especially at the moment what with like everything sort of that's going on and sort of it being harder to sort of afford to afford basic necessities and it's like that shouldn't be a thing but it is and the fact that someone is trying their best to you know put in the work that to help people who need it is well, I, I, I just genuinely think you, that you need people just to take action, don't you? And clearly yeah. Gillian's that person. So do you want to tell us about Louise Golden? Louise Golden. Founder and Chief Executive of the char- of charity The Together Project, Louise aims to boost well-being, reduce loneliness and foster stronger, happier communities through inter- intergenerational experiences. 
Activities range from arts and crafts sessions that pair children with care home residents to a music group aimed at children up to four years old, their grown-ups and older people. Louise works super hard to bring happiness to everyone, says one of the many pe people who nominated her. Some of my happiest moments have been at the Together Project sessions. Another says Louise contributions... Louise's contributions to communities and her positive attitude are truly inspirational. She lights up rooms, rooms with her beautiful smile and sense of calm. She's made such a difference to so many people's lives and she is the embodiment of joy. Amazing. And you know what? Again, since the pandemic and what's been happening with that, loneliness has been a, um, a, a, a significant issue, hasn't it? Particularly in elderly people. So I yeah. think um, sounds like the Together Project is, um, is is worth shouting about and talking about. Right, is it worth reaching out to Louise and seeing if she'd come on the podcast and tell us about it? I'll, I'll email her. We'll, we'll, yeah, I'll email her. Fab. All right, great stuff. Thank you for that. Um, and let's move on to part three of our interview with Madge Burt from the Big Smile Collective. Um, Madge is a local business person I know really well, uh, but does amazing work in the community. So let's listen to uh, the last part of that interview. Um, and and I suppose... I suppose I get the motivation to want to make it collaborative. How do you engage? Like in, in all the projects you've worked in, the, I suppose the big like thing is... By talking to people, Chris, why do you see me at networking so much? By right. talking to people. Because if right. you talk to people and you know what they do, then when you're ready to do something, you know who to ask. And if you if you don't know, you know who to ask, who will yeah, know that. Yeah, so person. it's be, then, building, building your network, right? Yeah, and then and, and all the time within that network, thinking about what value you can add to people. Don't always be thinking about yourself. So I don't go yeah, around. All, I go around giving things to people. Not saying I'm amazing, but like but I tend to try to help people, and then eventually someone helps you back, and and that's where the collaborative bit comes in. Yeah, I'm yeah, a sharing information. That's right. We're we're big. We're big. If someone says like, you know, where did you get that print done? We don't go. Well, we're not going to tell you. We go, our print is great. Let us give you their number. You know, and it's that kind of always being willing to help someone. I think 100%. that's the spirit. Everybody can do something, and everybody can get involved, and and respecting everyone's contribution too. And 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 my my and I, I'm a firm believer in that. And, and uh, I suppose my experience with that like in my business life and running the podcast and and sort of doing all the doing the other stuff I do is just being constantly useful and helpful pays off um because 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 people just you know you just build those long-term relationships of trust don't you that's the yeah that, it's, that's it's the key turning factor. up and doing yeah knowing and liking and trusting someone but it's also just doing the right thing yeah and yeah. just just it is the right yeah. thing to do. And that's what this community work for us is really about. It's the right thing to do. It's not because we think, oh, we've got to give 10% of our profits back in CSR or social value. It's because the community is struggling. Yeah. Nobody can yeah. afford clothes. Isn't it nice if they can go and get a nice outfit for a night yeah, out? Yeah, just help him. You know, and, and that's feel good. You've got away with, you know, a skill and an outfit. And so we're sort no, of helping people when times are tough as well. Completely get that, and then on the on the website it talks about sort of 
stitch in the future which is a phrase i loved when i when i read it uh, on the website um uh but it is that like just incremental step by step getting there one step at a time uh uh to a place where there's fundamental change um tell me a bit about that tell me a bit yeah, about where that comes from yeah well it's it's a play on words because the fact that it's a swap but actually the um big small collective itself is going to go on to do bigger things including incorporating the youth project we're talking about and and lots of other things like the book we want to do so although it's clothing at the moment it is as you say it's, it's finding a way to sort of get across it's not just now and it's these it's small bits of change and also go back to the stitching thing stitching time saves nine if we can do something now rather than waiting until there's more landfill there's yeah. more young people struggling yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like it's something about that kind of yeah just just doing that little bit now and little little repair now just getting on with things where did the idea for the big smile collective come from so um apart from the idea about the clothes what we didn't know what we were going to call it so we had to kind of go out and we worked with a brand consultant who thought about ways and she works with a lot of sustainable brands so we also wanted to kind of Get, a, get an idea and a brand that people could get behind. So I'm not going to lie, you know, we had some help on this one. Normally we have to write it all ourselves. But the naming itself came from Lisa. But what had happened was we'd sort of got some ideas around where we should go with it. So we first did want to name it something around clothes swap because it made sense to us. But she asked us to pull back a bit and think of a bigger name that could incorporate, yes, the clothes swap, but anything else we then went on to do. And we're really pleased that she did that. Yeah. Um, yeah because in, in her name's kate and it's style psychology and she's also got a new brand which i will look up in a moment um but she she basically came up with some ideas and some of them had the name collective in but they didn't quite work but then lisa had also had some ideas so it's kind of a combination of all of that and then putting something that we thought would have a ring to it people kind of go oh that sounds quite interesting what is it you know with rather than declaring everything in one go and gotcha. it gives you the opportunity to expand the idea as well right you know so if you're if you're now it's clothes swaps but if it becomes something that's uh when it becomes something that's going to be more sort of expensive you're not changing the name to to make sure that you reflect reflect those things um a brand that the students or anyone else that gets involved can help us develop so lisa's done some stuff around the logo and she's created the initial imaging but we want again around the collaborative thing the students to design the flyers the students to help with the website and the advertising and getting across the message because if it's going to appeal to young people the message also needs to come from them so it's yeah. going to be co-design co the whole way through yeah and then and then talk to me about like the big future plans then you mentioned the book you mentioned sort of the youth projects tell me tell, tell me what's the big plan and then help me understand a few points on that yeah so um well we'd like to open some more swaps so that would be helping people to open them in other boroughs nearby that would be like the first step with it and also in chelmsford um this youth project that we're putting together will be doing an arts award in unusual places and eventually hopefully lead on to another book called The Thing About Youth, which will have the work that people have done with us on the arts award and maybe some other young people we've worked with. But that will be a whole 
experience because as well as helping them to put their work in the book they might need some mentoring they might need some various things you know skills etc that they want to learn so it won't just be coming and going hey we're going to do a book and we're going to put you in it it'd be like working with people for about six months and at the end of it the book would be the output and also maybe an exhibition that kind of thing so they really have something but the process is a learning journey for the kids as well right yeah, and, and again, bringing in the artists from the previous book who won't have all had straightforward lives, so they can then talk about all of the things that they went through to get to their current position as an artist who works and gets paid to do it. So there's a sort of living example there in front of them of how art can actually pay off, whereas a lot of parents will say, actually, why would you do art? There's no point. I mean, I know the college said to us when, when New City College got some copies of the book, because a lot of their um, teachers, about three or four of them were actually in it, by chance because the, they're the open call but they they were saying that they can use the book as a tool to say to parents <laughs> these people from this area are working artists it's not yeah. just a dead end job because there's a conception yeah and 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 you know there's nothing stopping people you know have that, like I think we are moving to a, a world where people have got sort of just different aspects of, of their lives that they that they they indulge, right? You know, so so that element of of um, you know art as the art as the art should be ignored because you've got other stuff going on in your life. Because a lot, I mean, not, I know a couple of the artists in your book. Steve B being one of one of them and um John Fogarty being the other, who have got day jobs but still love doing the art and indulging in, in all of that. So, you know, do you find that people fall out fall out of art because they consider it like when they grow up sort of thing, because they consider it something a bit more frivolous. Is that is that probably, what it is? I, no, I think it's a bit more practical than that. I think it's just okay. that sometimes art doesn't pay in a regular way. So I suppose it's a bit like being an actor or an actress in that sense. Like, yeah, you don't really know where too, your money's right? coming from. Yeah. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes you've got a lean time. And if they've got a family, I think what happens is a lot of people will end up going, I've got a family. I still want to do the art, but I also need to be able to feed my kids. So yeah, they might yeah, then yeah. end up having to do art half a day or art of the weekends, or they work out of a studio in their house and they don't have their own studio anymore but they still practice the art but they have to kind of balance real life yeah. and art i think unless they've made loads of money by that point and then they can go actually i'll keep my studio ticking over because i've got lots of people doing stuff and i'll take some time you know realistically you you sometimes you've just got to go actually um whilst i love my art um i've, I've also got to survive and i think that's yeah. what a lot of people this and, and even someone else from the book you know we, we heard the other day that they're currently not able to practice their art and you find it quite heartbreaking because you think you're so good like yeah. you know, those two people you said so amazing such amazing artists we we found out about them through the open call we didn't know about either of them even though right. they're in we didn't know about their work and so amazing so talented but how many how many hidden gems are still out there, Madge? How many oh, people? Millions. Who, like, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's that. And I suppose, I suppose part of the part of the work you do is so great because it does give people who have, have been, you know, as you as you say, are secretly brilliant, right? Who are really really yeah. good. 
Um, but they're just not given the platform to showcase themselves. Yeah, and I mean, again, taking those two as an example, absolutely amazing work. You know, met them both at the book launch, um, just had such an amazing time talking to them and thinking, yeah, it like couldn't believe that they live around the corner. And like, for in the example of Steve yeah. Big, like some of the pictures he does of the station and places that you recognize, and you just think, oh my God, I would never have found your work if it wasn't, for, yeah, for us, it wasn't for us wanting to write a book about local artists. And so we've made yeah. great connections as a result of it, definitely. Yeah, Steve, Steve's a funny one because I've, I've seen him because he's, he's in my world, he's in the financial services world. I've seen him present a couple of times and actually sort of like done a decent amount of work with him. Um, and he, he used to present with an overhead projector and a pen and used to just draw all his presentations life and it was such a skill like so i think yeah. the create i think you tried to apply the creativity to 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 to, to uh to the normally pretty conservative world world of financial advice um <laughs> let's talk about 10 years right ten, in 10 right. years time you're looking back what do you want this project to have achieved oh <laughs> i mean well i'll tie it into something we're doing because it kind of fits with this so um, in Barking and Dagenham, they're doing a project around reducing social isolation. And what would it look like in 10 years if you could remove social isolation? And I guess that's kind of in line with what we're trying to do with this. So people feel more connected. They're involved more with their community. They um, are developing themselves in ways that work for them. And potentially it's good for the environment as well. That's a big part of what we want to do. But it's not the only part. It's like, yeah. It's good for the environment, but there's also something in it for us. So I think it's something about making it kind of fashionable to be sustainable and, and making projects that financially are sustainable as well. So both 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 elements of sustainability, making projects that are successful because they work for the community and they can fund themselves. So the longer goal is kind of lots of swaps, lots of youth clubs, lots of books being written about different communities, lots of these things happening, but we're not doing them someone yeah. else is doing yeah. them because we've taught them how to do it and we've given them kind of like an open source franchise a big small collective and they go off and do it in their own community so it could be a big picture in 10 years if people picked up on what we'd like to do and but that's the thing isn't it like uh, i mean i've, I've so we talk about a, a lot on the podcast and we interview people with, uh, uh, about it quite a lot. If it's just you, there's no legacy, is there? Because ultimately, mm. you you can only carry on for as long as you want to carry on for. Um, uh, but if you educate, train, teach, help people sort of carry on that positive message that's uh, yeah that's what you want to do um and get work for artists along the way and you know promote art as a medium and promote art as a career choice so you know with, within it there's always that kind of we're telling people about creativity we're telling people about what's available to them because otherwise it's not going to make sense to us as people because that's our angle our angle is the kind of creative side and if if that's no longer needed and what's actually happening is just a machine that's running really well, then you're right, we should just train other people to do it and then be creative in their own way. You know, they might want to market their swap a different way. They might like doing whatever, you know, when they take yeah. to their community, their community will have different needs. So we'll yeah. give them the framework to then go off and discover what those needs are and to reach out to their community and, and then spread it in a different way. And it will kind of 
change along the way. And that's yeah, it'll evolve, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I completely get that. Where can people find out a bit more about the Big Smile Collective, your work, um, and the events that are coming up? Okay, so the easiest thing to do would be to search for Big Smile Collective, or one word, or Brennan and Birch on social media because we've got stuff across most of the platforms or on our website we've got a page for Big Smile Collective where you can see the next dates that are coming up. Fab, good stuff and I'll make sure uh, uh, I'll, I'll make sure all of those links are in the show notes when the podcast uh, goes out. Thanks a lot Madge, pleasure to have you on the this project. Thank you. So that was the last part of the interview with Madge and tis the what Charlotte? It's the end of another podcast, but the end is never truly the end, and I don't know what we're doing now because we've taken... Well, we're not question doing question of the I'm, I'm, I'm grieving over losing question of the podcast. Yeah. I love question of the podcast. Yeah. Um, but we need to find a really good bit of content to replace it with, which we haven't done yet. But one thing I do want to do is um, talk about the book. So we've got the Kindness Project book coming out very, very soon. Um, uh, and I've been this morning while I was waiting for Charlotte to get out of bed. I was reading the um, I was reading the manuscript because we are now at a point where it's going to print. So we're we're just getting everything done. And one of the things that um, uh, I've been really enjoying is just relearning the lessons of reading the book. Um, and actually, I'd be surprised when you do pick up book listeners, which I'm pretty sure a lot of you will, is um, the amount of insight we had from amazing guests over the five years of running running the podcast. Um, and one of the things that we do try and do is not only share, uh, not only share insights of how to be kinder to others. But we also share insights on how to be kinder to yourself because part of it, and, and we have a lot of conversations, Russ, I'm sure you'd agree about mental health being, you know, personal well-being um, and just making sure that we're kinder to each other, uh, but, but also kinder to ourselves. And, and the book is full of insights, not only to be kinder to everybody else, but to be kinder to yourself. Our guide in the book um, for that is a lady called Ruth Hughes, who uh, is a positive psychologist um, and shares uh, brilliant insights in how to do that. But let's just talk about how we can do that between ourselves. Charlotte, what, what do you think is the best way to be kind to yourself? Um, I think one way is doing things for yourself when you don't feel like doing anything at all okay like if you're like having a rough day just like get in the shower like put on some fun music and like even if you're not there when you start you're more you're gonna even if you don't like feel super great you're gonna feel better by the end of it yeah you know? yeah just so eat something that you like and like have a nice tea or a hot chocolate you know just a little bit of time even if you're not feeling great just take the effort to do something nice for yourself 
So maybe you have to do something nice for yourself. Raz, what do you think? What works yeah, for you? I, I think I need to learn to take more time, which I'm doing now. Hmm. But I, I do get bogged down in the things I've got going on around me and not take that time for myself to process that. I suppose there's a balance, isn't there? Because it's like you want to be... Well, that's it, that balance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, so I, I, I think gratitude is a big one in my life, just being uh, grateful for, for what I've got and just reminding myself that I am, you know, I'm, I'm incredibly lucky um in terms of what i've got uh and i suppose the other thing that i've been reading about this morning because as i said i've been reading the manuscript for the book is um focus on what i can control so most of what goes on in the world you've got no control over however there are elements that you can take action on and you two have given a perfect example because you can't control on what's going on politically or in the news or the economy but you can control your own actions and by being kind to yourself and taking that action that helps doesn't it so so yeah perfect all right so that's the end of another podcast um let's um wrap up we'll see you next week on the kindness project have a lovely week Bye. Bye.